Today's episode of the Airline Pilot Podcast is dedicated to the pilots, volunteers, and family members that we have lost in 2023. Welcome to the Airline Pilot Podcast. I'm Jason Ambrosi. In this episode, as we tick off the final days before the new year, we're going to look back at 2023 and some of the accomplishments over the past 12 months with some members of our ALPA team. 2023 started out fast at the bargaining table with Spirit Pilots ratifying a TA, JetBlue Pilots signing a contract extension, the Delta Pilots opening their ratification vote on a TA, and Hawaiian Pilots reaching a TA all within that first month of the year, and it never slowed down. We're joined today by Andrew Shostak, the director of ALPA's representation department, who had a hand in all of it. Thanks for being here, Andrew. Thanks, Jason. We're also joined by Captain Ronan O'Donohue from Alaska Airlines, who has also had a very busy year as ALPA's Strategic Preparedness and Strike Committee Chair, normally called SPSC, because that's a lot of words. Um, and I appointed you this January and appreciate you stepping up and coming onto the team. His committee played a key role in supporting many of the contract wins we've earned this year and the pilot groups that are still fighting to secure contracts. Thanks for joining us, Ronan. Glad to be here. Thanks, Jason. Next, Elizabeth Baker. ALPA's Director of Government Affairs is also here to take us through what we've accomplished on Capitol and Parliament Hills this busy year in Washington, D.C. and Ottawa. Thanks for joining us, Elizabeth. Thanks, Jason. Glad to be here. And last but not least, we're joined by David Weaver, the Director of ALPA's Communications Department, which has diligently supported our members through all of this and so much more, including launching this podcast about six months ago. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jason. All right, let's get started. So in January, our administration pledged to emphasize bargaining superior contracts for all Alpha pilots, and we've had a lot of success this year. Andrew, can you take us through what happened at, uh, at the bargaining table this year? Sure. So <clears throat> building on your original statement of the various uh, pilot groups bringing in contracts during the first month of the year, uh, the full year in total, we, we ended up with 10, almost 11 contracts uh, that were ratified. As you alluded to, Spirit, Hawaiian, on top of that, Flair, Comair, WestJet, Wasaya, our first ALPA contract at Amerijet, um, of course, United, Air Wisconsin, uh, and our joint collective bargaining agreement at Bearskin and Perimeter Airlines. On top of that, we have a, um, an agreement in principle, a TA at um, uh, Air Borealis, which should be going out to membership ratification probably after the new year. Um, a couple points on, on these negotiations. Of course, you know, they're, they're all uh, uh, important in their own right, but we can see how the pattern truly builds upon itself. On top of the 10 contracts, we also uh, have rounded out the year with about 73 letters of agreement that touch everything from amendments to the, um, the pilot agreement due to changes in the Canada Labor Code, uh, preferential bidding systems being implemented, uh, and then my favorites, of course, are when management decides that they really need to keep up with their competitors. On top of the contracts, the layers of agreement, we were also able to bring in five additional pilot groups this year, all in Canada, which start with our, um, our merger with the Air Canada pilots, and of course our uh, organizing activity at Lynx, Air Inuit, Kiwaitan, and Pascan. That brings us to 22 airlines in Canada, which is about 95% of all the Canadian aviators. That's pretty cool. That bringing in Air Canada so so quickly that was a 
I know you uh, you were a big part of that and, and uh, appreciate that success having the Air Canada pilots uh, with us and, and part of the Alpo umbrella. And they're in bargaining right now. What's, how's things going for them? Um, things are actually going uh, very well. It's, um, <clears throat> it's a difficult negotiation. They are roughly two and a half to three bargaining cycles behind the rest of their North American colleagues. Uh, they were in a 10-year contract and you know, 10 years is a long time to be without a new contract. So they are rapidly playing catch up and it's not just pay rates, it's everything from work rules, um, you know, antiquated internal uh, uh, administrative systems such as PBS. There's, a, there's really a lot of work to do there. That said, uh, we've got a terrific leadership team, volunteers, uh, the pilot group is enthusiastic about being back in Alpa, and um, you know I think we're we're destined for, for for true success there. Yeah, it's great with uh, you know WestJet getting an agreement, and now Air Canada. You know we're certainly doing our part to assist our brothers and sisters north of the border and closing the gap uh, with us down here in the states. Well, how about the other groups that are still in bargaining? FedEx, ATI. How how are they doing? So uh, FedEx is back at the table. We met with the National Mediation Board uh, earlier this fall, uh, and the 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 NMB has been consistent in providing the resources. They are, uh, in essence, keeping us on the same expedited mediation schedule that we had before. So we're meeting roughly two to three times per month, and. Uh, uh, the new leadership team is, is working hard to figure out the pilot group's priorities. I think we've got a very good sense as to what those are. And so it's just a matter of um, uh, working with the management team and the NMB and getting the, the, the contract done. Uh, at ATI, things have been slow. Uh, we are progressing. We have a meeting with the NMB the first week in January where we're going to talk about contingency plans should we not be able to make a lot of progress at the next two bargaining sessions that are on the books. Uh, but again, another uh, unified pilot group that's looking for reasonable improvements. Awesome. Um, certainly appreciate all that. Uh, Ronan, shifting to you a little bit. So when we, when we came in, you and I worked together while we were, uh, before I had this position, when I was the Delta MEC chair going through our contract, and, and you were uh, key in getting the contract stuff done at Alaska. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming on as our SPSC chair. What, uh, you know, give me a little background on why we felt that this needed to happen and, and, and you know, how successful it's been. Sure. Thanks. And thanks again for having me, Jason. So, yes, we did. We, you and I worked together quite a bit um, before we're in these current roles. And um, I recall talking to you several times during late stage campaigns at both Alaska and at Delta. And what I think we identified then was a need to do things differently. We, we recognized that the world had changed around us, that the, the campaigns, that tactics have changed, that we needed to, to innovate as an association. And we did that a lot at Alaska, and then, of course, Delta followed a lot of the stuff that we did and went one better. So what we recognized was a trend of we needed to share. If one campaign was done and one group of people had gotten something across the line, that needed to be brought to other groups, big and small. You know, we are one association, so we, we recognize that um, to, to do that, we already had a committee with the SPSC, so what we started to do was to hire people, and, you know, and this was your directive to me, was to, uh, to be constantly innovative and to be looking for new talent and new people to, on the committee. And um, basically what we did then is we started hiring guys and getting guys onto our committee 
that had just gone through campaigns. And because they are the most current, they're the ones that basically learned the good, the bad, and the ugly, and ways to get things done, and it was actually extremely successful. It's not that difficult. It's hard to believe that, that, that people don't see how much better it is when we actually share information and work together, right? So getting all these smart people in the room, getting rid of the us versus them mentality, and, and working together, uh, it's been a huge success, and I, I, I really appreciate all your, your hard work on that. Yeah, in fact, I feel like I, I need to say this, but I don't know if you recall this or not, but you and I were at a, one of the Air Canada um, events in, I think it was January or February, and I leaned back into you and I had uh, talked to a, a bigger carrier in Chicago, United, and they needed some help. And I remember asking you, I said, hey, um, you know, what's my purview here? What can I do? And you responded two words. I don't know if you recall what they were, but it was blank check. You know, and you basically do it. So it was, it was refreshing to me to have, that, you know, to have that liberty to go and to help somebody that much, and we poured it in. You know, we brought everybody. It was, it was funny because you have Delta guys going up to United and helping out, and that's the way it should be. That is exactly how it should be. That, that is how we, are. we get where we are is by being stronger together, and, and I, do, I do remember that because, hey, the success of, of every carrier is essential, and, and uh, I'm glad that it, it worked out so, so well for them. Um, you know, this is for you and David. You know, none of these contracts happened in a vacuum. A lot of it required uh, record-setting picketing events, uh, member engagement, those media campaigns you mentioned. Uh, take us through some of those, those top moments for the year. Yeah. Um, so, David, I'm sure you, you've got a lot more to add on this, but there's, there's a couple of things that we, re- we really have recognized in doing the work with the SPSC is that a lot of members don't realize the resources that they have available to them in this building. The staff, I mean, i got to give a plug to the staff. Their, their tireless work is just unbelievable. But I'm going to give you a staggering number here. It's 26 pickets were done this year. That's 26 picketing events, and of those, two of them were all-base pickets. I mean, these are no small feats that were accomplished by the staff in this building, and it's, it's amazing with uh, Marie Schwartz, her team, Sindar, and... David's team with Com. It's just it's unbelievable the amount of work that goes into that. But I would plead that anybody listening to this and any members, you know, I heard Sean Creed put it very well. You got a triple A card in your wallet. When you're at the side of the road, take it out and call the number. We're here for you. You know, we have the resources available for you. Ronan, I think you covered the key pieces here, and, and you did as well, Jason. First of all, every uh, pilot group is different. Every culture, uh, every pilot group culture is different. Every situation, every campaign is unique. However, there are lots of um, similarities in the tactics uh, that that we can employ to help a pilot group achieve a contract or to make sure that management is enforcing it or advance our advocacy uh, agenda on Capitol Hill or Parliament Hill. There, if you think about it, Obviously, the media landscape has changed significantly um, over the last several years. And uh, if you think about it, we used to have a picketing event, have a hundred pilots show up, a couple hundred pilots on a good day, very good visual, get some maybe some TV stations to come out. It, it, but it was isolated to that geographic location, that airport or that place. Today, We have the same kind of physical gathering, unity building event, very important, and we, it's virtual, right? So pilots who are flying the line, their family members, they can join that picket event uh, virtually. 
and it it expands uh, the the unity exponentially. Those are you know those are some of the things that are different. Th- those are some of the things, Jason, that you have uh, said are going to be priorities you've invested in. Ronan has taken the the lessons learned from from Alaska, from Delta, from United, from from other successful uh, efforts this year, WestJet, and have gone out to the MECs and said, here is the toolbox that we have available. And just uh, last point to emphasize what Ronan said, uh, the team here, the, the staff team here at ALPA, we are obviously a uh, pilot-led, staff-supported organization. We have extraordinary resources uh, available to our MECs, and we are we we love to come in, share lessons learned, hear hear what your goals and aspirations are, and create a plan to help you go achieve them. Absolutely. Before we move on from from the collective bargaining and the contracts, um, you know, Andrew, twenty twenty three has been unique because of of what we've done coming out of the pandemic. A lot of contractual cycles now are getting aligned up. We were all negotiating, several were negotiating at the same time across the industry. How did that help us in negotiations and, and what do you think that's, that impact has had on the piloting profession in general? So Jason, when I look at <clears throat> how the pilot groups maneuvered throughout the pandemic, it's clear that the association established some best practices that continue to this day and I think will continue going forward. Um, first, as Ronan was alluding to, we coordinate a lot. And the more coordination, the better. Coordination will not hurt us. It will only make our lives that much better and, and our pilot group's uh, ability to, to achieve our goals uh, that much better. Um, you know, second, we're, we're pattern bargaining and we're continuing to do that. So we're, we're constantly building off of each other. This is not competition amongst pilots. Uh, you know, pilots, we do not compete. Carriers compete for, for revenue, for pastures. Um, we're all in this to better each other and better the profession. One other sort of interesting subset of that is that this last round of bargaining, um, you know, a lot of the carriers recognize that we need to ensure that we don't get left behind as the groups that are further behind us in bargaining reach deals through the pattern bargaining process. So we ended up with groups such as your own, Ronan's group, uh, with snap-up provisions so that as United came later and got higher pay rates, everyone benefited. So, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of thinking went into this last round and, and a, lot of, um, a lot of coordinating went in. And, um, and so we're seeing it at, at the bargaining table and I think pilots are seeing it in, in their uh, W-2 and T-4 statements. And I'd say one other thing is unique coming out of the pandemic, and that's pilot attitudes. Um, you know, pilots are not going to be pushed around anymore. We're seeing at the fee-for-departure carriers that, um, that if a pilot doesn't like the working conditions, they will pick up and leave. And so that has caused the fee-for-departure management teams to really look at the pay structure, the work rules, and things are uh, slowly getting better in, in that segment of the industry, and I think it will continue with uh, pilots across the, across the industry standing up and protecting their contracts. Yeah, our, our members worked their tails off during the, during the pandemic, uh, oftentimes in bad conditions, and they know that they've earned good contracts. It's not, you know, it's nothing other than they've earned it. Uh, so it's, it's great to see the, the process moving forward. So a huge part of what we do at, at ALPA is, is related to government affairs and, and how we, you know, work, work the government and our relationships there. So moving over to Elizabeth, 
I know what it's like. I've been it's like this year on Capitol Hill, but tell our listeners what it, a little bit about what it's been like on Capitol um, Hill. Thank, thanks, Jason. 2023 has been an important year for ALPA. Um, remember, at the start of 2023, we had a new Congress with a change in leadership in the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, we also had new leadership here, obviously, a change here, and that provided us an opportunity and an obligation, really, to reintroduce ALPA to decision makers. And it was also a significant legislative year with FAA reauthorization pending in, in the Congress in the US. Um, and as a demonstration of our value to Capitol Hill, Jason, you recall you were asked to testify at the very first FAA reauthorization hearing. That was a handful. It you was guys a, did a great job prepping me, but I was a little nervous having to testify in front of Congress a month on the job. So, And you, you did a fantastic job and have been since invited back another couple of times, and I think you've testified now three times in your first year. That's a really big deal, um, and it doesn't happen by accident. I think it shows the, the heft and the value and the import of ALPA and our issues on, on Capitol Hill. Um, we have also seen in 2023 a real historic growth, growth in AlpaPAC, and um, we introduced a new club level, Banking 1931, which has seen tremendous growth. We have also reached 15,000 individual contributors for the first time, and we have passed the $2.5 million threshold in receipts for the, for the first year, um, which puts us in a very different league. And what that means is it... Now, um, now we have the resources to punch above our weight class and really be a major player in Washington, D.C. With the industry rebounding, thanks to the work that you, Ronan, and, and um, Andrew, and, and everyone has done with the industry rebounding, getting new contracts across most pilot groups, those pilots who started at $1 a month should really now consider, consider upgrading. So let me mention also what we're going, what we're doing in Canada and in Ottawa, because also very important year there. Um, we've really had a banner year. We launched the Flight and Duty Time Task Force, which we've been advocating for flight and duty time improvements for many years. That is welcome. We have had an active campaign going on now on anti-replacement and anti-scab legislation and maintenance of activities. And importantly, we also hosted the first full-scale Hill Day in Ottawa. <clears throat> Excuse me, which is really exciting. We trained pilot representatives to go do meetings with their members of parliament and conduct meetings um, across Parliament Hill. Very exciting, super successful. We intend to replicate it again next year, um, much like we do the Hill Day here in, in D.C. So very exciting time in Ottawa and in D.C. So, you know, with that being said, why is it so important that we continue to be the leading voice in these discussions with regulators on, on both sides of the... Because ALPA is the ultimate arbiter of safety, full stop. And no one knows more than pilots what works and what doesn't when it comes to safety of operations in the NAS. Um, we are trusted subject matter experts, those who are determining aviation policy recognize that. And because there no, there's no shortage of bad ideas in Washington and in Ottawa, it's important that we stay ahead of and, and quite frankly, involved in all of the policy discussions that impact our members. 
Um, we have stopped movement, for example, this year on single pilot or reduced crew operations. Um, in the FA bill proposal itself, we are holding firm that there be no weakening of first officer qualifications, no change to pilot retirement age, um, no video cameras on the flight deck, and no changes to the Airline Deregulation Act that would preempt state laws that provide rights to pilots and flight attendants to avail themselves of state laws um, like paid family leave, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we've also <clears throat> this year helped block SkyWest use of the Part 135 loophole, and that has prompted a new round of scrutiny on the, that safety loophole. So um, the work we're doing doesn't stop, and got a lot on our plate right now. Well, I certainly appreciate everything that you and your team do, and uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to the many pilot volunteers from, from all of our carriers that, that come to D.C. and help you and your team um, advocate for us so successfully on on the hill and i know that uh as as we record this we just had an extension of the fa reauthorization so uh for for uh, till march but i know that the uh, first couple weeks of january they're going to be back at it trying to trying to wrap that up so uh, we appreciate uh, all the hard work from everybody involved um, and uh, look forward to getting back at it thanks jason and i would just say with respect to the very important work that pilots are doing you don't have to come to D.C. We absolutely need advocates across both countries, and um, those district and constituency advocates really are very, very meaningful and want to grow those ranks too. Thanks. Absolutely. That, that's an excellent point. So, Dave, with, you know, with such a focus as us on, on basically the conscience of the airline industry in our advocacy work, you know, what, what have we been doing to get our message out and, and keep our position in front of the decision makers? Great question, Jason. I think um, you know, we're always looking for new ways to engage first and foremost with our members. And this podcast is a great example of a new way that we're doing that. But we're, we're also um, constantly looking for ways to make sure that lawmakers in the U.S. and in Canada, lawmakers, regulators, their staffs, know uh, what our priorities are know how, uh, know what the pilot perspective is on an, on an issue, right? I mean, let, let's face it, these are politicians making decisions uh, about um, uh, technical issues, and we are technical safety experts, so our, you know, our uh, pilot voices are critical. But we're also competing in a very crowded, uh, both media landscape and a very you know, a crowded uh, political and advocacy landscape. There are a lot of people, uh, and, and there's a lot of money, especially in Washington, D.C., uh, with interests trying to get their views known, whether that's um, the airlines or, or, or someone else. And so it's, it's important that we're constantly um, uh, reminding lawmakers, both in, first and foremost in person, when a pilot walks into a member's office, a, a member of parliament or a member of Congress, nothing more powerful. But if we can amplify that, reinforce that um, with a, a virtual visit, whether that's a call to action, taking a call to action, or sharing something on social media, uh, it, it, it just, it, it, has a, it has a multiplier effect. So uh, I think in, in addition to that, what, what we call owned media, things that, we, that this union has resources we have in our toolbox, 
We also put, put money into paid advertising. We make sure that, uh, again, members of Congress, uh, par- Parliament uh, Hill lawmakers know uh, what our priorities are. So we've had tremendous growth this year on our social media platforms. We uh, had over 100, our, grew our audience by over 100%. We now have over 100,000 followers on all of our social media platforms. And I think if you look at all the things we've talked about here, whether, you know, whether it's uh, SPSC work, representation, government affairs, pilot advocacy, there, there is a ALPA is a unique uh, uh, union in that we have resources to do all of these things. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, a benefit to joining this union, as uh, Andrew talked about the, the growth that we had. And one of those benefits is the expertise and the resources that we bring to make a difference, whether it's at the MEC level or LEC level, or whether it's on Capitol Hill or on Parliament Hill. Absolutely. It, it is ALPA carriers that are pushing the industry. ALPA carriers are raising the, the, the bar and bargaining on Capitol Hill uh, everywhere. So I really appreciate you know, the efforts that, that everybody does. I'll tell you, um, you think you know what you're getting into when you get into a position, in this position, and then you get here and realize the vast number of pilot volunteers, staff, and everybody that just just absolutely works their their hearts out for our, our members every day, and it's it's impressive. I just wish every every volunteer, every part, or every every pilot, every member would have the opportunity to come see in person what's what's going on around here, uh, and how hard everybody works on their behalf. Um, you know, before we before we call it a podcast, it's it's impossible to reflect on a past year without acknowledging on the, the losses that we've all had and dedicated pilots, ALPA volunteers. Unfortunately, uh, loss is a part of our lives, but you know the memories of our volunteers and leaders will live on with the, with the tireless work that they have done and the positive impact they've had on the lives of our, of our members and the union as a whole. Um, Ronan, you and I both have a couple of members, uh, friends, uh, you know, we can call them family that we've lost in just the last week or two. Um, uh, Captain Christina Thompson of WestJet and uh, Captain Jim Gauss from Delta was, uh, was, was who I've had the prior uh, honor of working with. And, and, you know, Jim just started doing new hire briefs with me years ago. And uh, he, when we needed to revamp and, and retool the, entirely retool the scheduling committee at Delta, Jim stepped up and took over PBS and found all the issues and made the PBS committee the, the success it is today. And, um, and eventually was my, as when I took over as MVC chair, was my first executive administrator. So, um, you know, Jim did a hell of a lot for the, for the pilot group, and we certainly appreciate everything, and, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with his family. And um, while I, I knew Christina, and I would call her a friend, you, Ronan, you knew uh, Christina more than, more than I did. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jason. It is. It's heartbreaking that we lost Christina so early. And, um, you know, <clears throat> when, we, when we both started first in these roles, Jason, we found ourselves in the unenviable position of finding WestJet and conciliation. And we were shot out of a cannon, and we had to learn how to run quickly. And uh, she certainly was a part of that. You know, Christina was instrumental to um, leveraging that pilot unity and creating it, leveraging it up with um, the WestJet pilots. You know, she really was the glue that held that group together. Um, Massive loss. And after she, of course, they got done with that campaign and 
came within three hours of a strike. I was actually working the strike center with her. Um, but I remember that night saying, uh, she's like, well, I guess I'm done. I'm like, no, you're not. You're coming to National. So we were fortunate enough to have her here at National, and she really is a was a rising star that, you know, very sadly we lost. So thanks thanks for uh, creating a space here to uh, recognize her because it's it's a huge blow. Absolutely, thank you, Ronan. You know, we are all fortunate to have known Christina. She inspired others to engage and was you know key to the success, as you said, of what was accomplished over this year. And our thoughts are are with her family and loved ones during this difficult time as well. Well, uh, that's a wrap. Andrew, Ronan, Elizabeth, David, I want to thank you for for joining us and all you have done on behalf of our members this year and will continue to do uh, moving forward. It's it's been awesome to take a look at all of our accomplishments this year and the ways we've worked to enhance our, our members' careers and keep air travel the safest form of transportation in the world. 2023 has certainly been a great year for strong contracts countering anti-labor efforts and defending safety against special interests. Next year is going to be just as busy, so you know, get a little break over the holidays here, but you're coming back prepared in January. Uh, thanks for, for tuning into our final episode of 2023, and join us next month for a look ahead with our national officers, Captain Wendy Morse, Captain Sean Creed, Captain Wes Clapper, and Alpa Canada President Captain Tim Perry. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, let your fellow crew members know about the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, reach out to podcast at alpa.org. To listen and subscribe to the Airline Pilot Podcast or learn more about Alpa, check us out online at alpa.org or find us on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, this is the Airline Pilot Podcast. Production copyright Alpa 2023. All rights reserved. Thanks, have a great holiday season, and have a safe flight.